Welcome back to the second half of the trauma and PTSD episode with Jolene Philo. In the first half, we talked about trauma, PTSD, and even complex PTSD. We defined what are those and how do you know if your child is really struggling? What might be some of the symptoms? How do you know if you need to seek help? And today we're going to dive even deeper into understanding how to untangle those trauma knots and how to know what are the long-term physical effects of something like trauma and PTSD. And we're going to talk a bit about how to find peace while we're managing trauma as a parent. It's not simple to have kids who are wrestling with these big, big feelings and we're already usually tired and overwhelmed as parents, but we can absolutely find peace in the middle of this process. And then we'll speak about equipping moms to combat trauma and PTSD with support. And um, Jolene offers so many amazing resources here. She gives us so many tools and I know you're going to absolutely love this part two of this episode. Grab a notebook. You're going to want to write a lot of these tips down and then go look in the description as well because I have linked the book and her website that she references. So let's dive in. Hey mamas, welcome to her Home and Heart podcast. Do you want balance in your home life and peace in your heart at the end of each long day? Do you want to let go of feelings of failure because you've yelled at the kids again despite promising yourself and God you'd stop? I'm Katie. I'm a homeschooling mom who also had little kids and wanted to create a thriving home environment. In this podcast, you'll find resources for holistic living, heart connection with your family, and homeschooling so that you won't wake up to regret one day. Even if you have outside-the-box learners or your own health challenges, you'll find support here. Breathe deeply, grab a coffee, and let the kids go play, because it's time for you to find peace and fulfillment that you've been longing for. Let's go. If somebody, let's say there's a mom, she's listening, and she says, my goodness, you know, I I think it could be me that I have PTSD. What might be like a long-term effect of, of PTSD? You know, she may have had it for a very long time. Yeah, you know, before the pandemic, I did a little series on my website about stress in caregivers. And I asked, I I had a little survey that I sent people to, and it's the closest I've ever come to going viral on anything. And by the time about 1500 caregivers had taken the survey, I had to shut it down because there's only one of me and to look through all of the results, I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't do it, do anymore. But I asked questions like, do you feel like you, how long have you been caregiving? What's the level of care you have to provide? Do you feel like it has impacted your mental health or your physical health and how? And in the the physical health one, there were so many effects that parents talked about from weight gain to weight loss, to not being able to sleep well, things like digestive issues, hair loss, heightened blood pressure, diabetes, just a plethora of things. And basically it was all like premature aging, Mm. really, because, and that is one of the documented and research-based findings of people who live under constant stress. These little things on the end of our chromosomes called our telomeres are shorter. And one of the results of shorter telomeres is premature aging. And I think if you look at the picture of any American president at the beginning of their first term, 
to the end of their first term, you see that in that four to eight years, they have aged considerably. You know, they've gone from a full head of dark hair to completely gray and all sorts of other things. And it's the same, and they live very stressful lives. Oh my, I mean, what are they faced with? And the same, I think, is true for us as caregiving parents. And so there's those premature aging things. And that, to me, was, was very alarming because as our children's caregivers, we want to stick around as long as we can to remain their caregivers and to you know, have the time to get them set up for the rest of their life after we're gone. And so we need to be paying attention to that. And then there were lots of mental health issues that they reported, uh, depression, anxiety, trauma, just all the kinds of things that you would expect, panic attacks. And, and a lot of people would have things, oh, uh, autoimmune disorders too. You know, that's back to the physical, but you know things like fibromyalgia and those kinds of different things that are so nebulous. But the whole implication from what I found in that study was that we've got to be addressing those needs for ourselves. Because I was asking the parents too, you know, how often do you, have you gone to the doctor? Well, I just don't, I keep going because I, I have to take care of my child. Have you sought out mental health therapy? No, because I'm too busy with my child. But somehow we've got to do something about that. And if there's one thing good that came out of the pandemic, it's a lot more uh, tele-mental health services. And so we should, even if we have to care for our kids, be able to, you know, get into those kinds of services and get some help so that we're around for our kids. I also think I saw a side effect, too, that was beneficial, that there's less of a stigma around mental health. Yeah. It seems like most everybody finally woke up to the fact that the pandemic could cause mental health issues, which means now, okay, well, that means I could be vulnerable too. Whereas before it was almost this idea that, well, if you needed counseling or you felt like you were having depression or anxiety, you were weak. There was something wrong with you. And, um, I, I, you know, among many people that I've spoken to, it seems like that the mindset has shifted. Have you seen that? Yes. I think it's because the pandemic was traumatic to everyone. Yes. No one can say I didn't experience some level of trauma and it became much more real. And I think parents have seen it a lot more with their kids also, you know, and all the changes and they've seen now they're having to go back and adjust to school and, and back and teachers are more than aware of it for themselves because of course the pandemic was extremely traumatic for, for school teachers who were cut off from their students and worried about them and, trying to deliver services without enough resources. So they are, I would say educators are highly aware of trauma, though they may not really understand how it manifests. And I think that's true for all of us. We really don't understand how it manifests in children, especially. Yeah, I guess that'll yet to be seen as it still continues to unfold some. Yeah, and the other thing is that if parents handled the pandemic well, their kids probably weren't nearly as traumatized as the parents were, you know, it, because yes. the parents knew the before, we know what it was like before, these little kids like, well, this is just what we've got. And if the parents could roll with that and, you know, shove their own feelings to the side and create a secure environment for their kids, 
the kids probably have come out of that better maybe than the parents to some extent. I agree completely because, you know, I, I always, I often think about um, birds. I love birds. I've always loved birds since I was a child and a nest and how the mother and, you know, usually I guess the mother bird is protecting the nest and the little baby birds inside are relatively unaware. Maybe there's a storm, but the mother will even sit on them, (laughs) you know? And so we, as parents really do have to a large degree, a great opportunity as stewards to help create that experience for our children and to shelter them while Mm -hmm. they're in our homes. And, and I believe that is one of our, you know, God-given responsibilities and privileges So I think you're right, you know, really does depend on how the parents shepherded during that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a friend who had a great question that I wanted to make sure I asked you, which was, is there a way to reprogram our nervous systems so that when we have these triggers, these flashbacks, these different types of, of issues that arise, you know, how can we we completely reprogram that, you know, is therapy enough to, to help our systems settle back down? Well, it's going to take a while, you know, because you've got one of the things that happens when we experience a trauma after we work through after the trauma ends is we move into our own self repair strategies, you know, to kind of try and get us back to a a sense of security or functionality. And we do that often with behaviors like you'll see little kids that were toilet trained and now they aren't or you know, didn't need their bottle and now they do or thumb sucking or even some regression in language and those kinds of behaviors. Or, you know, you might see a child rocking a lot or an adult. Uh, hand washing is another one. As we get older, it can become much more more dangerous with substance abuse or, uh, you know, just other behaviors to block out the old memories. And the longer those go, and the original trauma isn't treated, the more likely those maladaptive behaviors are to become habits. And once they become habits, they become much harder to break. So what we're really talking about when we think about those triggers is, you know, how how are we going to reprogram so that we don't go through that same cycle of thoughts and behaviors when we get triggered again? So the first step is to get good treatment so that those nonverbal memories get transferred to the left brain. And you can start telling, you can retrain your brain to say, this is, yes, it happened, but it's over because I've got the story now of what happened at first, what happened second, and when it ended. And now I'm safe and I'm out of that situation. So that's the first step. When our son and our son-in-law both went through their original treatment, and I went, it was an intensive one week treatment. And I went with both of them. The verse that kept coming into my mind was, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Because when we experience a trauma, there is a true experience, but to cope with that memory, we kind of have to, it, it like it's all muddled up and deception comes in and, you know, we don't remember it correctly. And until we do remember it correctly and realize that it's over, we are not set free from it. So the first step is going through that treatment. And then a a good treatment will include some follow-up, you know, with a counselor about, okay, how do I retrain my thoughts? Because I have to retrain my thoughts so I can then retrain my reactions. And it's kind of just like, the verse about, you know, conforming 
taking every thought captive to Christ. It's that same kind of thing. And when, when I see those things that were in scripture and they apply, I'm like, oh, well, this is good then. If we have a treatment method that helps us see the truth and helps us conform our thoughts to the truth, who is Christ, then we have a better chance of, of making, uh, being able to retrain our bodily reactions. Now, there are some other treatment methods like biofeedback, also, which sometimes is called neurofeedback. And there's another one called somatic experiencing and even EMDR, where part of the treatment is, okay, now you're kind of thinking about that thing that happened to you, not reliving it, just thinking about it. And now notice how your body is responding. You know, what's happening with your heart rate? How tense are you? Where do you feel the stress? And then some of those therapists can work with someone on, okay, here's ways to release that stress. What can we do so we don't get into that, that uh, zone again? So those are some, that's a really good question. And I think it would be something really to discuss with the therapist on how can I, what can I do now to, so my body just doesn't have that automatic response. Yeah, that's really good. Do you happen to know parents who have special needs children, maybe at church or in your homeschool co-op or in your community? Or are you the parent of a special needs child and maybe you're feeling overwhelmed? Well, we are parents of special needs children and we've been in the community for a very, very long time. And we have noticed over the many years that we've been involved that there are quite a few needs that special needs families have. And so we are looking to provide a supportive community that can connect overwhelmed special needs parents who are lonely and need resources with other people who understand their struggle and to bring resources that can help your child to reach their fullest potential. So I wanted to let you know that we're gonna begin having a membership community to connect the families who need the support. It's oftentimes very difficult to find support in our local communities because many times our families are not able to get out and about like we used to before the days of these extra special challenges. But from home, with the blessing of online internet communities now, we can still find and create the support that we need. And so Steve and I wanted to make an announcement that we are going to begin one of these communities very soon. And so if you happen to know any special needs families, or if you are one yourself and you also know other families, please spread the message that throughout this podcast, we have all sorts of episodes appropriate for families with typical children, families with advanced children, and also families with special needs children. And we pour our hearts and souls into trying to find the very best resources from doctors and therapists and specialists who can come and support all the way to parents who just share their experience because we know what it feels like to have somebody journeying alongside of us. So please spread the message, share with others, and as more details are available, we will begin to put them out here on the podcast. We'll also be putting them into our community. And if you have any questions for us regarding any of the special needs, um, I don't know, any questions that you have that you might want us to consider making into an episode, then please use the SpeakPipe link in the description that you'll see with this episode and send us a message. We would be so honored to try and answer your question or bring on a guest who can answer your question because that is our passion. So 
we are here to serve and it makes us so joyful when we are given that opportunity. So thank you so much. So for moms, like for, for me, for example, our son has an epilepsy disorder that just is considered incurable and we will mm-hmm. never give up trying to support him. Never give up. But I was speaking with a counselor one day and she was so wise and she said, Katie, PTSD doesn't necessarily apply in your case because there's no P for you. You're still living in yeah. the trauma. <laughs> you are traumatized every single day when you see what you feel is a threat to your son occurring. And that really, res- that just resonated with me. So for a lot of other moms who are living through that, you know, they don't know what's going to happen with their kid in the future or whatever reason that they're feeling a trauma, whether it's an epilepsy situation or something else. Is it a similar management technique to what you described in therapy that they would use? I've developed my own basket, but what's out there? Maybe I don't know about everything. So I even want to know what else is out there, Jolene? Boy, that's a good question. And I, I'm not sure I have a really good answer on that one. I would say, speaking from experience and looking back at my younger self and what I didn't do well, and there was plenty of that, some things that I think would have helped me would be to realize that on this day, I don't have to have an answer for 20 years in the future. All I need to have is an answer for today. So let's, can I just focus on today? Do I have what I need to make it through today? Has Jesus provided what I need for me to get through today? If not, is there somebody I could call who could help me? And just just do those kinds of things or realize that, oh, you know what? I'm kind of starting to spiral downward. What? And have some things Uh, maybe in place beforehand that when I see myself spiraling, what am I going to do? Okay. I'm going to just stop. I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to do some deep breathing just for, you know, a minute. I'm going to breathe deep. I'm going to just go outside and stand in the sunshine. (laughs) That wouldn't work in Iowa where I am today. It's cold and windy, but, and, and cloudy, but can I just, is there something I can do? Can I, get myself a cup of tea? Can I text a friend and say, would you pray for me? What can I do right now to make it through today? And then when, as you start seeing that you can make it through the day and that God is faithful in that day, it it helps you get through the next day and the next day. And I think another thing we do have to do is realize that, you know, Our job is to care for our children well and to leave the length of our children's days in God's hands. We spend so much time just dreading losing our children and realizing that we're not in control of that, that we lose the joy of having our kids with us today. And we just have to kind of say, okay, God, I trust you with my child and I trust that when the hard decisions have to be made, that I'm putting my child's needs ahead of my own. And even if that means it's time for my child to go or, you know, whatever that might be, that we can, we can find peace with that 
and not feel like we just have to be taking on the world in a in a fight that God has already won. Yeah, and as a mom, it is so hard not oh. to take that fight, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is because our, I mean, we're made to want to support our children and fix the, you know, kiss their owies and <laughs> fix their problems. But in every child, whether our child has limited days or, a, a, you know, a less than typical adulthood ahead, we have to realize that all of our children will leave us one day. <laughs> and our job is to prepare them to leave us for adulthood, you know, and to make their own choices and to make their own mistakes and they're gonna, <laughs> or whatever it is. And so that, that has to be our mindset more than, I'm just always gonna keep them in the shelter of my wings. I'm never letting them out of the nest. That's not healthy either. You know, it is a really tough transition. I have to say now that mine are getting older, Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, it is, it is difficult, but you're right. It's so important. After all, this is what we poured into them our whole life for it. Anyway. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is so, so wonderful. I'm so thankful to you for sharing this. Is there anything else that we've missed that moms need to know, or do you feel like we covered it? I think we've covered a lot of ground right now. I really think that I, I'm, I hate to keep saying, well, in my book, but I think people will find in that book a lot of the answers to more of their questions. And I mean, they're welcome to email me, but I, I would have to email back a book, which is why I wrote the book, because it's just, I can't sustain that. You know, that's just not doable. However, that said, if somebody has a question they want to ask me, they're welcome to go to my website, differentdream.com and hit the contact button and uh, just email me their questions. And also if they go to my website and just type in trauma or PTSD in children, they'll find a ton of articles about it too. And they might be able to read more there. Awesome. And I'm going to put a link to the book in the description too. So anybody okay. who's listening, who's like, oh my goodness, I need to go get this book. They can do it easy and they'll just be able to find it real simply. And then they can go to your website for the book, right? Or is it also on Amazon? It's on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And they okay. should be able to order it if they want to order through their local bookstore too. Okay, fabulous. Jolene, thank you for blessing us today. Oh, thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Well, you know, it's not a fun topic, but it is. It's uh, fulfilling to realize that past experiences can speak into other people's present experiences and, and give them some hope. Absolutely. And really to just make a more solid foundation for these families who are just fighting the good fight, trying to do their best and to be more equipped is really important. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Yes. Thanks for being here. And everybody go check out that link in the description so you can grab that book. Thanks, Jolene. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening and spending time with us today. If you know anyone who could benefit from my mom's podcast, please share it and leave a review so others can find us too. See you next time.